everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 120 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Last week we talked about 2019 and a lot of the lessons that we learned throughout running and our life during that year. Today we're going to be finishing that up and looking ahead to 2020 when we talk about some goal setting and some things that all of us need to consider in the new year. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Well, first, we want to just start out by wishing everyone a very happy holidays. No matter what religion or culture you are, you're probably celebrating a holiday during this part of the year. You're celebrating something, yeah. so celebrate. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever holiday you're celebrating, we hope that you're having a wonderful one. So thanks for joining us today. If you were listening to our episode last week, we talked a lot about the lessons that we learned throughout 2019. This week, so we're going to continue with our final lesson from 2019, and then we're going to look ahead to 2020, both with our own personal goals and some, um, we're going to highlight some members of our tribe too that have shared some of their goals with us. So keep, you know, stay tuned and see if maybe you hear your name in this episode, which would be pretty fun. Pretty exciting. Yeah. All right. So Kevin, what's the, the final lesson that we want to gain from 2019. All right. Well, the last one, you keep asking me sort of like, why do you put this one into the outline? And I think this is a huge lesson that I gained of the challenge of defining effort levels, Yeah. you know, in trying to work with all sorts of people from like the people that we coach to our, our specific athletes on the cross country team who have mm-hmm. never run before mm-hmm. or they ran, but they haven't run since last year and they haven't done anything since, you know, November. And now it's August again. And mm-hmm what, what is a level seven? What is a level five? Like what are these different effort levels and why is it even important to know what they are? Yeah. Because effort levels, I think is, it's one of the tenets of our training program. Like really, we feel that once you start to run by effort level and understand your own body, that's going to lead to massive improvements in your running in so many different ways because so many people either push themselves too hard or they don't push themselves hard enough. So learning what those different effort levels are and sprinkling them throughout your training, you know, focusing more on certain effort levels at certain points in time and then adding in some of the, the harder stuff, some of the more medium stuff, like these kinds of things can make massive improvements in your running. And so we really did set out on a, a bit of a quest this year to, to not only define effort levels for ourselves, which I think is tricky enough, but then also coach other runners to find these levels also, which is even trickier because you can't be inside their body. Right. And you know? I mean, I don't know how many times we've had the conversation of, well, so what exactly is a five? Yeah. And it's like, it, it's a medium. Okay. But what's that for somebody who struggles to run for three consecutive minutes? Mm-hmm. Like, Ooh, uh, and right. like trying to really hash out what that means for, for someone who's new to running for mm-hmm. someone who, you know, is going on a run walk plan or right. versus somebody who can casually run for two or three hours, a level five for them is a completely different number. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that's one of the huge benefits we've also gained from like working with some of the members of like our beta training program. Um, Some of the awesome members of our Real Life Runners Training Academy that came in and just keep giving us more and more feedback so that we can really refine this and understand how to best coach people to find those effort levels has been huge for us this year. Right. I mean, I've been going through the process personally for years of trying to refine what the different effort levels mean to me. And then for you to sort of keep asking the question, well, what is this? What about this? And so some of the issues that have come up um, that I've been really trying to work through and come up with actual solid answers for this year um, is efforts change as you're running. Mm -hmm. You know, when you first start a run, if you're going out for like a half an hour at a level five, the first three minutes and the last three minutes are not going to be the same feeling even if they're both a level five so how does that work totally like it's a like if you start a 5k race and or a half marathon any really distance of racing if you're actually going out and racing it the beginning of the race should feel much easier than the end of the race like by the end of the race you're going to be tired your legs are going to be tired the muscles are going to be maybe cramping like you never know it depends on 
what happens during the race. I mean, when I ran the um, Key West half marathon in January, I felt great at the beginning of the race. And I just went out, I was like, okay, let's see how I can hang on to this. And my pace slowly decreased throughout the race. I was faster at the beginning than at the end. But by the end, that effort level was a lot higher than it was at the beginning. So my pace got slower, but my effort level went up. And part of that was because my calves were cramping. There was other issues that were going on. Same thing with the 5K. Like at the beginning of the 5K, you feel good. You've got the adrenaline. You're starting out the race. Like you can hold that pace for a half a mile or a mile. And then again, my pace started to decrease. But that effort level, it was a lot harder for me to keep pushing at that level, at that pace to try to maintain, you know, and hit the time that I wanted to hit. Right. But then when you see the like half mile to go and you're like, okay, well, I only have a half mile to go. You do the math and you figure out how many minutes that's going to be left for you. Suddenly you can hit a new pace and it doesn't seem like it's all that hard because you took some of the mental stress off of you. I guess that's true. It's the combination of physical and mental when you know the finish line is a certain distance away and you can wrap your head around, oh, Mm -hmm. I only have to go three minutes, five minutes, whatever the number is that your head is suddenly like I can hold this for that amount of time Mm -hmm. then the effort level becomes slightly easier again so what exactly is the effort level yeah you know if if an effort level for um say like a half marathon race is something like a level five or six does it feel like a six in the 13th mile Mm -hmm. and the answer is probably not as you as you're in a race as you get towards the back end of it, you're just trying to maintain that number, that that uh, actual pace, rather than trying to still say, I don't know, this feels like a comfortable level six, level five. It's a medium effort for me. Well, I think that it, the key is is starting out at that level and understanding that that level is probably going to go up as the race gets longer and longer and longer. Yeah. Like so, maybe you start the half marathon at a level five or a four, whatever it is. And then by the end, you're probably going to be more like a level seven, you know, because you're really pushing to try to maintain that good pace. Right. You, so you almost kind of start flipping from just trying to stay in the same, uh, same effort level, the same like physical, like challenge that you're trying to undergo because you're trying to hit the same paces. Mm-hmm. So the, the efforts actually increase over the course of a workout, over right. the course of a race or, you know, steady state runs. One mm-hmm. of my favorite things, sort of like a, a medium effort run that you just sort of keep going for longer and longer. Mm-hmm. The start of it's not that hard. Right. Like the opening mile of a marathon is not that hard yeah. because Because you know a, you have 25 ahead of you. Right. So yeah. your pace is not like, all right, let's just go for this right. thing. Like no one takes a marathon out and, and mm-hmm. PRs in the opening mile. Yeah. Most people that I talk to that have run marathons and, and some that ran their first this year we're like yeah the first 10 miles were fine right like the first 10 miles were easy and then after that you're still trying to maintain that same pace but obviously it gets a lot harder to to maintain that yeah once you start hitting the double digits mm-hmm. like once you've hit double digits and you know you still have double digits to go mm-hmm. at that's a lot to kind of mentally process and you're like no, no no can't even worry about the math right now just keep on chugging just right. keep in this pace and i think that it's also important and one of the things we've learned this year is is not only defining those effort levels, but understanding that there is that range um, and that like exactly what you said, the range is going to change from the beginning of a workout or the beginning of a race to the end. But there's still going to be a point where you probably don't want to go too high unless you've got a certain goal in mind, like especially in like a workout. If you're trying to do like a 5K workout that should be at like a level 5, 6, 7, you don't want to be pushing yourself into the red zone of like 9 and 10 to try to hit that same pace, like even by the end of that workout. And I think that's a really important thing to point out too. Yeah, that's a good one. That's sort of, uh, it takes takes the effort required for a race and I mean, we've had this discussion repeatedly of what is the effort level for a 5k because mm-hmm. I argue that it's a 7 and you argue that it's an 8 mm-hmm. um, which kind of gets into the next point that I want to talk about but um, when you take breaks like if you're hitting your 5k pace in a workout and you keep regularly taking breaks say you're doing half mile repeats that break is just enough that it should consistently feel like a level seven Mm -hmm. because you're not doing it continuously for three miles. You keep getting that little bit of break there. You're like, well, how am I going to hold this for the entire time? It's like, don't when it's a race Mm -hmm. and you have like the race environment, you've got all sorts of things. You can push this pace for a lot longer, Mm -hmm. but 
in the workout, you're just consistently giving your body level seven, level seven, level seven. Right. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I've become much better at this year too, is learning what certain paces feel like in my body. Like if I say, okay, you know, I'm supposed to go out this week and run like an 830 steady state run for, you know, 15 minutes. That's, that was my workout the other day. Um, I can hit that pace pretty, pretty, I'm starting to get some of your like roboticness that like is starting to pass down from me. I think like I'm getting much, much better at knowing what these paces feel like when I go out on any given day. Which is is really nice. And then you can sort of adjust as the day goes. Like lately here, it's been super, super windy. So trying to hit specific mm-hmm. paces while you're dealing with like with a headwind, somewhere pushing 20 miles an hour and then gusting up even higher yeah. is is tricky. It's sort of like, okay, I'd much rather maintain a certain effort, but lately I've been really trying to hit certain numbers on the clock, mm-hmm. which is tricky when during the the one mile you go from straight into a headwind into a a massive tailwind because you turn around partway through it Mm -hmm. so what does that number look like and trying to connect paces to efforts it's it's a change it's a constant flux of how does your body feel how do the weather conditions affect it and so it's a combination of sometimes you want to really key on on what does your body's effort feel like and other times you really want to look at what is the pace and how does that connect to whatever certain distances you're you're racing and your goals exactly yeah and i think that that's a huge thing that you point out right there because what it's it's like it highlights that running and coaching are both a science and an art and that is huge because yes there are these pace zones like there's so many scientific th- metrics that you can look at nowadays with your heart rate and your pace and your vo2 max and all these things and there's a lot of people out there that like to base paces off of those certain numbers and try to hit those specific paces but like you just pointed out sometimes it's not always that clear cut it's not always cut and dry and so being able to connect effort level to pacing is huge because that helps you so much more when it comes to racing as well because for a race if you are going out and say your goal is to hit like a a nine minute mile for whatever distance you're trying to run and you go out and the the wind is crazy the weather conditions are crazy and you go out and start at like a 915 some people might start freaking out but that 915 feels like it should be faster because it probably should be because the amount of effort that you're putting in in those weather conditions is greater than you know what you are currently running. Mm-hmm. So learning to learning your effort level will help you to run more by feel when it comes to racing, and that is going to allow you to run better times, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it definitely will. Yeah, because then you you can understand why you're a little bit off of pace or why you're a little bit ahead of pace. And you're like, wow, it just feels like I'm doing amazing today. It's like, well, yeah, you're also running with a tailwind and slightly downhill. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay, so I should be slightly ahead of pace. And so there's no reason to freak out and try and slow down off of that. Right. The opening miles of the Boston Marathon are predominantly downhill. And some people are like, no, 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 I got to pull back. I got to pull back. I got to pull back. And they run too slow down the hills. Then the big hills at the back end of it just wreck them. And they slow down so much because... Because they could have been ahead of pace. They could have probably had even smoother form. And like built in a buffer. Yeah, and running comfortably at the beginning because you're doing it downhill. Yeah, because pulling back on pace can sometimes be very uncomfortable and take a lot of your energy away. It can take a lot of your energy it can, and it can be just jarring on your body mm-hmm. to try and actively slow yourself down. Yeah. So running by effort is huge. Regardless if you are running the whole time or doing a run walk. And this has been another tricky one for us that we've done a much better job figuring out this year as well. Right. If you are not, you know, the the standard for like a quote unquote tempo run, which is supposed to be something around like a level five five or six, somewhere in that thing, is what you could sustain if you could run for an hour, if you were racing for an hour. Well, that's great, but what if you can physically run for five minutes and then you need to take a walking break? What the heck is your tempo pace? Mm -hmm. And so we're like, well, it's how fast you would go as a run-walk combo if you were doing it for an hour, and Mm -hmm. you take the running and walking breaks into account. You Mm -hmm. don't suddenly have to run for 20 straight minutes to do a 20-minute tempo run. You would do it in I would argue either five minutes on, one minute off, or four minute, one minute, and repeat that four times. And it works out perfectly numerically. Like the the numbers just go perfectly smooth. Mm -hmm. And you're like, it's still going to be a medium effort when you're running 
but you're still taking the walking breaks into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I think that our daughter actually was a perfect example of this <laughs> method um, in her recent 5K. So our 10-year-old just ran a 5K, and she crushed it. Like, she went out there, and she her goal was to um, PR. Like, I think her previous PR was 37 minutes something, and her goal was to hit 35. Yes. And she came through in just over 31, like 31, 23. So she absolutely crushed it. But when we were doing some of our training together, her training got a little bit messed up. She um, hurt her toe and had to take a couple weeks off. So she wasn't as trained as she had planned on being. So she wanted to do a run-walk program. That's what she wanted to do both for her training and for the race. And so during the training, we basically experimented. We used each run to experiment with different intervals. Like sometimes we did like a 3-1, sometimes a 2-1. And she decided she wanted to do two minutes of running, 30 seconds of walking, Because after she got to that two-minute point, that's when she really felt like she was straining more. And so having that shorter walking break every two minutes really, really helped her to maintain that even pace. And she could go faster on her running portion if she had those 30-second walking breaks built in. Yeah, and it's it's a lesson that I've tried to teach to the cross-country kids over and over. I'm like, look, you just have to schedule in your walking breaks because mm-hmm. we have so many of them. They go off and they try and run. We're like, okay, you're going to go run for 30 minutes today or you're going to go run for three miles or we give them, you know, run to this point, turn around and come back and you'll see them out there and there's just a cluster of them just strolling down the street. because mm-hmm. For like five minutes. Right, because, yeah. <laughs> because especially in, in August we go out and we drive or bike or go run or something to keep an eye on them and make sure that they're all still moving yeah, at least. Yeah, and not like passed out with Passed out on the side of the road, exactly. Um, but the, there's just a cluster of them just walking down the road for five minutes, ten minutes, and they're not keeping track of how long they're walking for. Right. And sort of like, well, you're not going to get better at running if you're just going out and casually walking along. You still have to get it. So um, what I really highlighted was the experimental mindset mm-hmm. and that it's still a workout. You yeah. know, she had that combo of, all right, maybe I'll take a whole one minute walking break. And I think, I mean, you guys had all sorts of different varieties that we you were did. able to try. Mm-hmm. And she tuned in on what she wanted. So then when she got into the race, there were people around her that took it out way too fast. Mm-hmm. And there were people who went way too slow. And she was catching people for almost the entire race, catching mm-hmm. and passing people because they took it out too fast. Yeah. And, you know, you got the 10-year-old with her little intervals, and she's just cranking it along there. Yeah, it was so cute. She was like, Mom, and then I caught this person and this person because we know pretty much most of the people in the race because it is our the high school that we coach um, the team. It's our 5K. So she pretty much is familiar with who all these people are. And so – but it was – such a confidence boost for her also. And I was so proud of her for being able to hold herself back in the beginning and not just like go out and sprint and and just stick to her plan. And then she really, really saw how that paid off in the end. Yeah, because that back mile, she didn't feel like she was going to pass. I mean, I ran the last mile with her last year. I caught Mm -hmm. her for basically the entire last mile and and came in with her. And she didn't have the structure to it. She Mm -hmm. was walking until she felt like she was going to run again. And so then she'd look up ahead and be like, I guess we'll go when we get to that driveway or we go and we get to that light pole and Mm -hmm. you know and you get there and she didn't feel good and she was struggling so much that third mile so it'd be like okay well we're just gonna run until we get to the next light pole and Mm -hmm. then she'd have to take another walking break and by having that built-in structure because she had experimented for so much with it it was phenomenal yeah because she knew she only had to go two minutes like so in her head she could wrap her head around that two minute mark but you know if it was last year and she's tired in that last mile. She might've stopped after like a minute, you know, but she's like, okay, nope, I have to run for two minutes. And so she was able to mentally push herself to that two minute mark. And it, ended up working out wonderfully for her. Right. But she also was starting to figure out what her, all of her effort paces were. Mm-hmm. Like she had ones where she would only run for 15 seconds hard and yep. then get a walking break or, you know, medium effort. Like she learned her easy, medium and hard effort levels. Right. And I mean, it's not like she's mastered them. She had like a she's six, six week running program and she's 10. Yeah. But and she, she missed like two weeks of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, but she practiced them and she figured out that there's a difference between easy running and medium running and hard running, Mm -hmm. even when all of them get walking breaks put into them. Exactly. There's still an easy, medium, and hard when you do the running portion. Right. And that's one of the huge things that we've really started to hone in more because a lot of the athletes we have in in the academy do a, a running walk a run walk program or that's at least how they're starting out and then they want to progress into straight running which we're able to then do because they're learning those effort levels while they still have those walking breaks built in Mm -hmm. so then the better shape they get into then they'll start to be able to to make those effort levels like the interval where they're running a little bit longer but still maintain that same effort right i mean that's part of the benefit of having effort level two. So many people go at effort level and they're like, oh no, it's an easy day for me, but it's not. It's effort level four. And so they just constantly have to take walking breaks. They're always overexerting themselves because there's never ever an easy day. Mm-hmm. And so they, they never really progress. By learning what actual easy, easy pace is, you can then expand the, the time or the distance that you're able to run that easy pace. Absolutely. All right, so that about wraps up 2019, would you say? Yeah, I think so. All Let's right. uh, move towards goal setting. Let's look to 2020 now. So as we wrap up our current year, we really suggest that you do the same. Like I really think it's a super helpful thing to just take a moment, even if just a couple minutes, and take a look back. Grab a journal and just journal and write and reflect about some of the benefits that 2019 brought. Like what are the, some of the, the wins that you had? What lessons did you learn from those wins? And then also what were some of the quote unquote failures that technically aren't failures as long as you learn something from them. So what are the things that didn't go as well as you would have hoped and what lessons can you learn from them? And this is huge when you do your little self-reflection so that we can move ahead into 2020 with a clearer vision of what we do want to achieve. Right. You don't want to just start throwing out new goals. You want to actually spend some time figuring out what, what happened good or bad or or indifferent in last year and then go from that like don't just say you know for the fifth sixth seventh year in a row the same goal that you've always had Mm -hmm. unless that's a goal that you actually want like is there a reason why you've missed that goal for the last few years spend some time reflecting on it Mm -hmm. spend some time trying to decide whether you just haven't put the effort forth into trying to get it or whether you just put that goal out there because it seems like you should have the goal Mm -hmm. like i'd like to lose that last five pounds do you do you actually want to Mm -hmm. you know or i want i like cookies too much (laughs) and wine because cookies are delicious and we've got like i don't know six seven eight dozen in our house oh my gosh we have so many sweets in our house right now it's insane i totally did not have two for breakfast two cookies (laughs) or two cinnamon rolls oh whatever (laughs) i make homemade cinnamon rolls for christmas day and kevin they're like his favorite thing yeah they are definitely up there so anyway Yes, make sure that your goals, like take a look at the goals that you have set in the past, if you have actually set goals in the past, and ask yourself, are these goals that I actually still want to achieve? Do these goals actually make sense? Or why, and if they do, if the answer is yes, why haven't I achieved them yet? Like, is what is missing for me that is preventing me from achieving that goal right now? And I mean, most of the time, it's consistency or mindset. Right. But one of the things when you go back and you look about what's stopping me from getting this, don't dwell in the past. Yes. Don't be like, oh man, I ru- I'm so bad. I didn't get that goal again. Like, no, no, no. There was a lesson in there. Mm-hmm. This isn't just like a, a chance to have a pity party and, you know, pop open another bottle of wine and be like, oh, it's the holidays. I need another bottle. Like, no, just actually figure out what went wrong, learn that lesson, and then be able to move forward from that with a good, positive plan. This isn't a chance to just die negative. Mm -hmm. It's learn the lesson and then move forward. And if you want to open a bottle of wine because you choose that that is what is going to make you happy right then, then by all means, open a bottle and pour yourself a glass as you reflect on 2019. As you you reflect, but But don't go negative on it. That's it. Exactly. You don't want to, it's not the pity party, right? Enjoy your, your glass of wine as you celebrate what went right during the year, what didn't go so right, and then figure out what you can learn and move forward. 
Well, I mean, you started the the episode off with it's it's a celebration. At the end of the year, there's so many celebrations, and one of the things to celebrate is all of the lessons you learn. And some people be like, ah, oh, this is just dwelling on all the things that went wrong over the course of the year. And it's like mm, you could look at it that way. Mm-hmm. You could definitely say, yes, this is a chance to look at everything that went really poorly, and oh, I'm going to get so sad and depressed right now. Or you could be like, look, these are all of the lessons that I learned last year. These are the all of the things that I've learned not to do for next year. Mm-hmm. So my next year is substantially better than my last year. This is a chance that I can improve and keep growing, not a chance to be like, oh, I'm a terrible person. I'm a giant failure. Yeah, exactly. It kind of brings me back to that idea, like the old question of why is this happening to me, right? A lot of times when something happens in your life that maybe isn't the best, a lot of people do tend to go to that negative place of why is this happening to me? And we highly suggest that you flip that because it's all about perspective. Everything in our life is completely about perspective and the way that we look at it. So instead of saying, why is this happening to me? Take a look at it and say, what is this preparing me for? What is what am I supposed to be learning right now? Like this challenge that is presenting itself in my life right now, why is it here? What am I supposed to be learning from it? And what is this preparing me for in the future? Yeah, it's it's not the easiest minds mind flip. Oh no, not at all. I mean, I, I lived Simple, as, but not easy, right? Yeah, I lived as Eeyore for a little bit of time there of like, <laughs> oh, woe is me. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not the nicest person to be around either. Mm-hmm. Like you like the people that have the positive mindset. And sometimes if you're trying to throw your own pity party, you don't, you're like so annoyed with people that are positive, but stop and figure out why are you annoyed with people who are happy? Like yeah. you shouldn't be annoyed with happy people. Like if you're annoyed with people who are totally faking their happiness. Sure. I get that one. But like people who are genuinely happy and just want you to be happy and things like that, you don't need to be upset with people who want you to be happy. That's a good person. Mm, yeah. You should want those people in your life, right? <laughs> right. Like the, who, the person who's trying to be positive and help pull you out of your pity party and suggest how awesome of a person you can be and how successful 2020 can be. That's a good person to keep around. That's not an annoying person. They may briefly feel like it is you're like deep in your pity party, but <laughs> give them a hug and yeah. say thank you. I know I've annoyed you many times oh, when, you're yeah. like, when you're deep in your pity like, party. I have my shovel. I have dug my hole. I will hit you with my shovel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of times that I'll like ask Kevin those questions and I'll be like, Angie, not right now. He's like, right now, I just need to be here. <laughs> and I think that's important to point out also. Like sometimes it is okay to just be in it for a temporary short amount of time. For a temporary, yes, yeah. completely. And if, if you're like, no... I'm just going to be here. Just let me wallow for like five minutes and I will come out of this and I'll be fine. Don't try to pull me out of this while I'm still enjoying my wallowing. (laughs) Like, no, literally like picture a pig wallowing in mud. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing this for a reason. One, they're trying to cool their bodies down, but you don't want to pull them out of it in the middle of it. (laughs) Way to bring the science right in. Yeah, I'm a biology teacher. (laughs) Um, But like you don't want to pull them out in the middle of it because then you get all messy. Just let them do their thing and they'll come out in a little bit. Now, some people need help getting out. But for the most part, like if you're dealing with somebody who's doing this for a reason, they're like, I just, I need just a little bit of time where I can be here and I'll come out and I will be a happy person in a few minutes. Then don't force them to be happier before they're ready. Like just let them have their few minutes of, of negative space and then, then they'll come out. You know, maybe that is a good thing for that person. It's so funny. Like it it reminds me of when I was in this mood, like two weeks ago or so. Do you remember this day? Like you were not prepared for it at all. Like in general, I would say I'm a pretty happy and optimistic person. I try to have a good perspective. It doesn't always work. Of course, like it's definitely um, a work in progress and it's definitely something that I do consciously. Like I'm constantly trying to shift my mindset and to shift how I talk to myself. But there was this one day that I came back and I was somewhere, I forget where I was. I was somewhere with like other people and the people that I were with, that I was with at the time, they just were like super annoying to me. I'm not sure why I forget the exact details, but I came home and I just started venting to Kevin. Like I just started venting about like the people that I was with. I started venting about like the house being dirty. I started venting about Christmas, like all of it. It was just like a verbal vomit of like negativity that just started flowing out of me. And you like didn't know what to do. Like, and what you, are you doing? Yeah. Like he got mad at me and I was just like, 
are you serious right now? Like, and I was really upset with you for the way that you responded to me. Like, I, I think this is like something important to kind of point out here. Yes. You would dug your hole and then you hit me with a shovel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I dug my hole and I just, I wanted him to be like, man, that sucks. Like, that's really all I wanted from him at that point in time. And he was just like, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, like he made me feel bad for my moment of negativity. And I really just needed to come and just like get it all out. And then I would have been like, huh, okay, thank you. Now let's move on and become more positive. It's so weird because you're, you're so very, very rarely a negative person. Well, and that's why I think it, it all just kind of came out at the same time. And that's why part of your confusion, I think, was because I was all over the place. Like, it wasn't like I was just venting about one thing. I was venting about, like, ten things all at the same time in, like, the same breath as well. Yeah, like, you came in and were complaining about where you had been, and then as you walked through the house, you're like, and there's shoes on the floor? And I'm like, (laughs) what? And you haven't, you have not dusted your dresser in how long? And I'm like, what are you, just just sit down. Just stop, (laughs) stop. What are you doing? Like, you were literally just going through the house to find more things that were, were bothering you. Yeah. And it was it was uh, very uncomfortable for me. Yeah. And so you yelled at me. And so, yeah. Well, yeah I mean, that, I yelled. I, I did not handle that appropriately. Yeah, I mean, you didn't yell at me because you don't do that. But No, but it, I, I was like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. You were just like very like, what the heck? And all I wanted him to be like was like, dang, Angie, that really stinks. <laughs> you know, that was all I needed. But um, so, you know, even after 15 years, we're still learning each other. And I think that it is important, though, to understand that we all have moments like that. Like you should – you can't expect to be a positive person 100% of your life, 100% of the time. Like it's just – I don't think it's possible. Like, I think that we all have these little things that annoy us and um, that just get to us and kind of eat away at us. And we need to just like wallow or vent or run it off. You know, like people say that I run off the crazy, right? Like you need to just get it out somehow. And then you can flip back and flip back into your mindset of positivity and looking forward and seeing the lessons and all of these things, which I I did pretty quickly. But sometimes you just need to like Ugh, be in it. Yeah, it's it's weird to sort of, uh, you know, peek behind the curtain of people who seem like they're always so super, super positive. Mm-hmm. You know, the Instagram life of this person always has everything looks great in their house. Everything is spotless. Their life is perfect and completely put together. And the kids are always saying yes and never arguing. And mm-hmm. it all looks perfect. Yeah. And then you peek behind the curtain. You're like, oh, wait, there's reality back there. You know, um, it's uh, it's like in The Wizard of the Oz. Wizard of Oz. You're like Glenda the Goodwitch, she has her little bubble, her bubble of perfect perfect happiness Mm -hmm. and then to see the perspective from the broadway musical wicked where it's like oh it's not a perfect world for her at all yeah is a very different perspective but you know in the original wizard of oz she's literally in her bubble of perfection floating over everybody else (laughs) in just this little you know walled off world of happiness where everything is great and everybody thinks that she is perfect and then you peek behind the curtain and it's like oh wait there's another side to this yeah definitely and I think that's 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 reality right we all have those sides but it is important for us to consciously pull ourselves out each each time and and learn the lessons and figure out how to move forward in the best way so that we don't have to keep learning those same exact lessons over and over and over again because if you don't learn the lesson the first time, there's it's going to come back at you somehow. Like it's probably going to appear in a different form, but there's going to be that same lesson in your life again until you learn it and change whatever it is you need to change in order to move forward. 100%. So if you're in that negative space, remember that you can't get out of a hole with a shovel. You need a ladder. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. So sometimes people will help you by trying to give you a ladder. Don't swing it at them. Um you know, you don't have to climb out of the hole immediately, but just realize that ladder is there. People are there to help you. People are there to help you get out, put the shovel down, and eventually you're going to be able to climb out of that hole. And when you do it, this is when you start your goal setting. This is when you start looking about positive things, something that you are going to work on. Remember that if you want to improve from where you're at, it needs to be something that's going to challenge you a little bit. Otherwise, you're not improving. You're just maintaining. Mm -hmm. So you want to find something that pushes you a little bit. You know, we've talked about goal setting all the time. I love talking about goal setting. It's great. If done correctly, if it's not just a goal that then just sits there and you never work towards it, but you make a good goal that is challenging enough that it's almost, that it's exciting, but it's not so challenging that you're just like, not even going to work on that because I can't possibly get it. It can't be the impossible goal. It cannot be the impossible goal. It should be a goal that's definitely going to stretch you and challenge you and make you leave your comfort zone because nothing productive ever happens in your comfort zone. Like you are 
are not going to improve. You are not going to grow if you stay in your comfort zone. It's like one of our favorite mentors, James Wedmore. He says, what got you here won't get you there. That's like one of his big sayings. And I'm going to say it again. What got you here won't get you there. So whatever it is that you've done in the past to get you to your current state in life, whether it's in running, in life, in business, whatever it might be, that's doing those same things over and over and over again aren't going to make you continue to improve. You have to then set new goals, step out of your comfort zone, start to challenge yourself more so that you can continue to move forward. Yeah, I think this is a good point where we can kind of transition from like talking about goal setting into talking about our goals for the next year. And then we also have a really exciting um, surprise that we're going to highlight some of the goals from our tribe and share some of those goals with you guys this year. So stay tuned and listen for your name. Yeah, talk about some accountability here. Here it yeah. Comes. So I, I mean, so here's here's where we're putting ourselves on the spot here to, to kind of practice what we preach, right? So my goal for the for the new year, the ba- the main overarching goal is to get faster. Okay, and obviously that's a very nebulous goal. We talk about specificity and like you know actually setting a goal, actually putting numbers to things, and putting a date and a timeline and those kind of things. Um, and I do think that all of those things will come when I sit down and really do this, but part of me kind of doesn't even want to because I've had so much fun just experimenting this year. (laughs) And I kind of want to continue along with that experimental mindset. Like I feel like I've hit a lot of milestones that I wanted to hit. Like, you know, I ran the sub two hour marathon in 2018. And then this year I just wanted to PR again, which I did. And so I hit a PR every in every distance again this year, which I which was one of my goals coming into 2019. Yes, it was. So I would say that that would be my goal again for 2020. Yeah, we should go back and check this episode from a year ago and mm-hmm. see if that was actually the one that you uh, put on the podcast. I think so. So I would like a PR in every distance again. Bold. Mm-hmm. But I did it. I've done it the last two years. So I was over two on my big goals this year. So. Okay. So, <laughs> so way to go you. <laughs> thank you. So yeah, so I mean, I, I ran a faster PR than I thought. So my PR right now for the half is 153.01. Yep. So... Part of me like thinks that I can break 150, and I think that's the number I'm gonna. And the huge part of you is pretty confident you can break 153 because no one likes finishing 01. Yeah, I can break 153. <laughs> like I, I know that I can hit a PR this year with the right course and the right you know um, conditions and all of that. But I'm curious if I can actually break 150. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm going to like jump on a specific training plan because I am planning to do the Nashville Half Marathon in April. So anybody that wants to join, that would be awesome if we could get a little group of real-life runners in Nashville. I don't think that one's well set up for a PR. I think that's rather... That's uh, my point. It's rather like, hilly. It's very hilly, and it's definitely not something that I can train for well down here in Florida on the flatlands. No. Along, you know, running along the beach on A1A, like... That doesn't really set you up well for hills. The overpass that I do hill repeats on where yeah. I like sprint up the, the, the hill. highway overpass. Yeah, it's literally, it's the overpass that goes over the turnpike. Yeah. And uh, the, the Garmin doesn't actually register that I'm running hills. <laughs> it doesn't even show you a change it in elevation. It doesn't give me a change in altitude. It thinks my elevation is the same the entire time. <laughs> That's probably not a good omen. No. But yeah, I, I think I'll definitely have to throw in some hill repeats like in this training cycle and stuff like um, from January through April focusing more on the half but I also continue I want to continue focusing on speed too so I hit the half PR I hit um, a 5k PR with an asterisk and then I also (laughs) hit a 10k PR um, just a couple of weeks ago I finally I broke 50 in the 10k so I felt like that was a really big milestone for me numbers wise yeah that was a big one and then uh, and then you handed the baton off to me and then we went off and wreck the uh the other couple that was competing in our division yeah kevin went and chased that lady down (laughs) after after the husband hands it off so anyway um yeah so i think that i would like to run and boldly say that i would like to run a pr in every distance again um so for five ten and a half for a half yes i'm not tackling a marathon this year or a mile maybe a mile Uh, no yeah i should do another timed mile okay yeah i would like to run a, a mile pr okay so my current mile PR is like 649. Yep. So I want to get that down more. I think I could do 630, I think. Um, so we'll see. And then um, half, I'd like to be around closer to 150 or under. Um, 5K, I'd like to break 23. Whew, that sounds painful. <laughs> that sounds really painful. I just ran like a 2332 
a week or two ago, and that was tough. But I think I, I still think I could go faster. You think you go faster? Yeah, I, I do. I do. Especially if I was like in a race where I could just like keep up with people, I think that I could go faster. So if you're my running buddy that wants to run a 5K with me and pull me along, just you know, I'm ready for you. Sign up. Sign up. Um, and then the 10K, I could probably run a, another one if I'm not sure if I'll do a 10K next year. 10Ks are not popular down here. They're yeah. just not. But, I, but I, I think a 5K and a half marathon PR for sure. And then if I decide to throw a 10K in at the end of the year to try to hit another PR, then sweet. You should sign up for an 8K just to get a PR. I've never run an 8K before. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I see what I see what you're putting down mm-hmm. here. Look look at my new PR. Yeah. It's like a watch PR. Yeah. My watch is when it tells me longest distance you've ever run. Mm-hmm. It's fun. So that's one of the things. I just want to keep seeing how fast I can get because I just I really have this experimental mindset now of just kind of like, what am I actually capable of? And I just, I, I keep getting faster. So I think that I can keep getting faster. Um, and I just, who knows when it's going to peak, you know? Which is nice. Yeah. So that's cool. You got anything out there besides time goals, sort of like um, other things that you want to do with your running? Like, are you looking to up mileage or you try, like, what do you... Yeah, I think I want to consistently have like higher mileage in general. Um, And then there is a a possibility of a Ragnar because my friend loves doing Ragnars and I told her that I would do one with her in 2020. So it just depends on if she still wants me as part of her team, but that's the, that's the plan. Most people tend to like you. (laughs) So hopefully she will. Yeah. No one's ever asked me to be on a Ragnar. No, (laughs) I kind of like told her that I'd like to do it. So it works that way. Yeah. But please put me in a, in a stinky van with lots of other stinky runners. That's probably why no one invites me. My shoes are offensive. Your shoes are, but you're not a stinky human being. That's like true, some... but my shoes are. Yeah, but <laughs> you could maybe buy new shoes if you decided to do a Ragnar. Quite possibly. Yeah. But like in general, like there are some guys, especially I feel like, that have the, very That van strong... has got to be a little pungent. Yeah. But you, you are definitely not a pungent kind of smell when you come back from running. No, but I think those are like the Ragnars where you like camp out in the middle and everybody keep, goes off on loops. Yeah, like the tent ones yeah so mm-hmm. you don't have to keep chasing people around in a van i yeah. think that'd be a fun one too yeah they've got one of those coming to florida um in february that uh, some of my friends are doing cool but nobody asked me to be on their team for that mm. <laughs> just kidding they blamed your husband's stinky feet <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding all right so getting faster and possibly the adventure of a ragnar yeah no i would like to i would definitely like to do a ragnar as I'm, long as it lines up with our calendar and schedule and everything like that then that's part of the plan i mean last year you threw in the uh what was the Spartan race also. Yeah, the Spartan was fun. Yeah, and I mean, it's not exactly a PR, but it was something new and different. Mm-hmm. I, I know at the beginning of the year, you're sort of like, I want to try different things yeah. now that I can run. Like, I know I can do a 5K. What if I do a 5K with obstacles? And I mean, it was... I would do another one of those. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I had a really good time yeah, with I that. would never do one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Like after you I, explained what you mm-hmm. had to do, they're like, "Hey, you know that lake that the cross country kids run around? Yeah, we swam under barbed wire in it." I'm like, yeah. "Oh, that sounds disgusting." It was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely disgusting, and everyone was like, "Plug your nose and your ears. You don't want like worms to crawl in." And I was like, "Oh my god, this is so gross." But no, no, check me out as soon as you said yeah. worms. Can I just, I'll do a couple more hill repeats over there. <laughs> yeah, so that's those are kind of my goals for the year. How about nice. you? Um. You know, I, I like, I love that you go with the experimental mindset and I think that's a big thing that I'm focusing on and that's part of, I think, why I sort of missed some stuff this year because um, I, I ran almost no races, you know, except for the one that you signed me up like less than 24 hours advance, like, hey, we're going <laughs> to run a relay. Um, but like I ran the Key West Half Marathon and then I just kind of kept training and yeah. part of it, you know goes against everything that we we're, we're peer preaching week in week out of like you know kind of be open and check you know test your body test your limits and see what you got and part of me was a little afraid um you know gearing back up for a full marathon because you know health issues and how how far can i push and how safe is it to push and stuff like that but the thing is that i don't know if racing 26 miles is more physically taxing than some of the workouts that I've gone through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done some pretty brutal workouts in right, this but cycle. That's, I mean, I think that's part of what we're, what we were unsure about. It's not necessarily the race itself, but it was the training. Right. And I've done, I've done this training. So now I think, you know, cause I've got the, the marathon in what, like a week and a half ish. And this is about as calm as I've been heading into a race which is weird. That's good. Like normally 
I get the thing, especially coming to a marathon. There's this thing about marathons of like, can you ever really feel fully prepared for a marathon? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that you can ever really feel fully prepared for any race, but you kind of have to just flip the mindset and be like, yeah, "Eh, I'm as prepared as I'm possibly going to get for this thing. Especially at this point in time. Right. You know, that was kind of the same thing mindset that I had going into like the 5k. Like I really wanted to do well with it, but like, am I ready for this? My, this is going to hurt tomorrow when I go out there. I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do about it now except toe the line and just give it everything that I've got. Yeah. that that race didn't go smoothly for me. So that's when like, then the doubts start creeping in. Mm. And then I got to tell myself, yeah, you are not trained to race a 5k right now. Exactly. Like you were trained to race 26 miles. Don't worry about your 5k time. Yeah. So, um, you know, there, there's that, but I've been able to really kind of quell the nerves a lot better this time, which I'm pretty excited for. Why do you think that is? I think just really trying to go with, uh, confidence in in what i am yeah like regardless of what the time says like if the conditions show up and the conditions are you know real sucky and i don't hit the time i know that i can break 235 in the marathon that's cool like i just know it so i'm not like it'd be awesome to do it and have the clock read it and everything but i i know that i i can Mm -hmm. so that's really cool like like the clock's just a bonus you just said i have the confidence in who i am or actually you said what i am that's really cool. Yeah. So, like, we've got that, um, which so is cool. that's really more about mindset than actual numbers on the clock or any of that. It's just that you've accepted that that is the kind of runner that you are, that you are a 235 or under marathoner. Right, which is which is big because mm-hmm. that used to be just kind of this big, bold number. And, and it a was big sort question of, mark, too. Well, and something that I was trying to live up to. And, you know, it took a lot of, of searching of trying to figure out, you know, why that was a number that was important to me. And mm-hmm. there was there was a lot of uh, personal growth. Yes, I've, I've run a lot. I've put in a lot of miles this year. Yes. But there was a lot of mental growth that I feel more prepared heading to this one than I have for a lot of things in the past. I'm, I'm much less nervous about hitting the line on this one. You've also been very much a lot better at recovering and sleeping and taking care of yourself in other ways. Which is another goal for next year. I want to like I've been trying to make sure I've never averaged, you know, the the watch will monitor my sleep every night and if I ever dip below like a 7-day average if it as it starts getting closer to 7 hours, I'll just take a couple off days in there because I know that I need them. Like there's mm-hmm. no way I can push myself if I'm dipping close to 7. Like the, this week I only get one speed day, I'm taking an extra off day. Like I just know and that's part of the benefit of I, I hadn't signed up for the race so it was still months out there which was it gave me this nice thing that the race was still off in the distance but looking in next year one of my goals is to have a little bit more structure to the year okay like I kind of want to have the year sort of broken into chunks of like okay run the marathon right at the beginning of the year take a little time to recover and then use the spring and try and build some speed because I oh god I would love to PR in the 5k Mm-hmm. I would love to. And Just what is your PR right now? Fifteen thirty nine. Okay, which is ridiculous. It sounds really scary to try and go that fast again, mm-hmm. but I've done it before, so yeah. be interesting to see if I can do what it was again. It like ten years ago. Uh, it was right before Riley was born, right? Yeah, almost mm-hmm. eleven years. Uh, you were pregnant. Yeah. So that's almost 11 years because that race, I think, was in January. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting <laughs> to see if I can hit that again. And I'm I'm pretty confident that I can, but I would need to be in a race where I can just roll with people. Like, because at the 5K a couple weeks ago, yeah, I, I tried to do it. And I mean, I it's was... It's really hard to push yourself to that kind of thing. When the only person in front of you is a bike. Yeah. And the bike kept changing pace. The, yeah, the he bike would, kept slowing down, right? Well, he kept going faster and we had a lead on me and then would like look over his shoulder and be like, oh, that's too much and slow down. So I couldn't even try and like, you know, technically you, you pace shouldn't yourself pace yourself off of the bike. Um, like he was doing a really good job of not pacing me because um, <laughs> you're not supposed to be able to pace yourself off of the bike. The bike is supposed to adjust to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, if I had a group of people that I could roll with, then maybe I could get myself into the mid 15s, which would be pretty cool again. That would be cool. Yeah. So you just have to pick the right race. Yeah. So, and then I want to really focus on building the the strength foundation so that I can ramp mileage back up again next fall and try and pick another marathon, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Some strength foundation. 
Not your favorite. Not my favorite. That is the... I love it. That is the strong, strong outside of my comfort zone. One, trying to crank the speed and and push this stuff where I can try and get down to like fast miles and fast quarter repeats and yeah, fast 200s. Yeah, you much 200s. preferred like the distance. Oh, I, give, me, give me a 45 minutes like steady state. Love it. You mm-hmm. know, three by two mile. Great. Back to back 5Ks at like your 10K race pace. Perfect. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> Just 200 repeats at half mile pace sounds brutal, mm-hmm. and and it is. I I love that kind of workout. I know, but they're they're all really hard workouts. Yeah. It's just it's a different level of pain, and um, so it's it's a different workout that I kind of have to definitely step out of my comfort zone. If if I want to get times down where I want to get them, mm-hmm. I definitely have to do workouts that I'm not super excited about. And part of me is like, why are you? why are you doing that? Like, why do a workout if I'm not really excited about it? And it's sort of like, well, because I want to see how fast I can get that 5K. Can I get the 5K back down Mm -hmm. into the mid-15s? Yeah, it's that curiosity. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know in order to kind of fulfill that curiosity, I know the workouts that are required of it. Yeah. Yeah, so (laughs) even though you know that you might not, like, fully enjoy the process 100% of the time, you really have – the curiosity is going to basically – override your dislike of those speed workouts 100 percent. yeah <laughs> it, it definitely did it back at like the beginning of the school year when i was really working on the speed in like august so that i had the speed going at the start of this sort of marathon cycle yeah i didn't like quarter repeats at at mile pace that's brutal but i was i was doing them because i knew what was coming at the end all right so anyway um the last thing that i want to work on is try and continue my nutrition and keep working on um on my weight, especially as training mileage builds up on things like fueling during the run and fueling properly post run. Mm -hmm. I think I do pretty good on like prepping in in like specific right before a run. But as far as like getting enough fuel into me after a run or fueling during an especially long run, Mm -hmm. I got to keep working on that. Mm -hmm. So that you can maintain your weight or increase it a little bit. Maintain and increase. Yeah. Yeah. You're one of those, uh, wonderful people that has a problem keeping the weight on yeah she used air quotes on wonderful i did not (laughs) my hands were inside my sleeves because our house is cold right now all right so um so yeah so is that kind of it that's pretty much what i got going much it so you want to run your marathon recover hopefully pr in a 5k and then come back with some structure with for like strength training nutrition and then do you have any goals for like the end of the year I haven't made it that far. Okay. I'm I'm trying to break the year into smaller pieces. I think that was part of my issue last year. Yeah. As I was like, I would like to do this some point in 2019. And I think if I kind of say I'm aiming for a spring 5K PR, mm-hmm. then I don't have to look too far ahead and I can't just keep kicking the can down the road and suddenly it's December and I haven't hit my goals. Gotcha. All right, cool. So yeah, so hopefully um, you guys enjoy listening to our perspective on our own personal goal setting. I know that um, that's been requested by some of our uh, people in our Real Life Runners tribe about kind of hearing a little bit more about our personal running journeys. So hopefully you enjoyed that. And we really encourage you, like we've been talking about during this episode, to go back and think about your year of 2019 and look ahead to see what kind of goals you'd like to set for 2020. And now, instead of our normal runner of the week, like that we've been doing for the past couple of months, we are going to highlight lots of runners of the week because it's our last episode of the year. Yes. So for those of you who have gone through and tried to learn the lessons and goals set for next year, we're going to highlight some of these goals. I'm just going to drum roll anyway, because I just enjoyed the process. Go for it. Yes. So our runners of the week include all the members of our real life runners tribe. Yay! (laughs) So um, about a week ago, I put up a post in the tribe that basically asked, what is one of your goals for 2020? And we had so many responses and it was so awesome. Um, And not only responses, but just other people in the tribe that were like cheering each other on or asking questions or supporting each other. So if you're not a part of our Facebook tribe yet, you should definitely come join us. Well, that's the best part of the answers. It's not just goals. It's goals and then followed by cheers and support. Cheers and support and other questions and a a me too, a lot of me too's, you know, so you know you're not alone in that, which is pretty cool. So we're going to start off with Steven, who was our first 
first answer. And Stephen said that he wants to run a half marathon PR. So then I, of course, asked him, well, what is your current PR? What do you actually want to run? Because what, you know, what is that goal actually? Yeah, let's get some specificity. Yep. So his current PR is a 140 and his goal is 135 or better. So good luck with that, Steve. That should be awesome. Um, and then some other people also jumped on and said that they also wanted to run some half marathon PRs. And I loved Nikki's answer here because Nikki says she has a, she wants to PR in the half marathon also, but she also has it broken down into phases. Yes, it's the three-phase yeah. half marathon goal. Yeah, which is great. So phase one is to get back to a sub-two half. Phase two, get down to a 155. Phase three, get run a 150 to crush my current PR of 151. I think that it is doable in 2020 with focused training and injury prevention. So that's awesome. Heather also says she wants to run a half marathon PR um, and that her last half marathon was in January. That was just under two hours. So her goal for her next half is 150 and then possibly a 145. So that is awesome. Heather, good luck with that. You're definitely capable of that. Yeah, good luck with that thrown in at Nashville because that's, uh, that's a little hilly. But, but she, people, she's strong though, man. I know, and people run PRs on courses that you would not expect. People PR on Boston. Yep, exactly. So Not many, is, but, it, but is it, it is done. Totally doable. Yep, uh, Chantal sub two thirty half marathon. Awesome. We've got Jenny that wants to also have a new half PR and more importantly, stay healthy and get a new marathon PR this year. Which yeah, I is like awesome. that one. If if I stay healthy, a new marathon PR. I think that the goal should be health. Therefore, mm-hmm. a new marathon PR. That right. sounds like a fun way to put so that. So her one. half is her half goal is around one forty four, which is awesome. And she also puts that she she needs to focus on recovery and stretching and post workout nutrition. So I love the way you guys are starting to think about these things because not only are you just throwing goals out there, you're thinking and saying, okay, this is what I should be working on in order to start to work towards that. Goal. Yeah, it's not just a number. It's a number with a whole with a, the start of a plan to it, mm-hmm. and not just the workouts, but the whole running lifestyle that you yeah, need to adopt in order exactly. to get there. Um, Shana says she's still chasing a sub two hour marathon, or I'm sorry, two, sub two half marathon, and then she would like to f- spend the second half of the year. Um, to break 25 in the 5K and hit a 5K PR. So kind of like you, kind of break her year into into chunks into chunks she's going the opposite direction i am she's yeah. uh she's starting with a long one and then you, i guess technically i'm starting with a long one if the marathon is really in the first week of january mm-hmm. but it was my big goal for 2019 so i'm counting it as 2019 yeah, i mean because you're only five days out so right. and <laughs> yeah. my goal in 2019 was to to run and pr in in the mm-hmm. marathon so i'm counting it yep um and shana also talks about how she wants to focus on nutrition and strength training in order to get faster which is great um, and then a lot of other people jumped in and kind of talked about that. Uh, Megan, run more by feel and trust my body. That's brilliant. I love that. That's that's fantastic. It's it's a little you know nebulous, but we've talked so much about effort levels. I mean, that's how we started this episode to run more by feel. Well, and I asked her trust your body in what way, and she she wrote not worry about a certain pace on regular days, just trust how I feel, and that is so great find find your own personal easy medium and hard yeah life is better for sure gwen says just run more and so i of course followed up and asked her what does that <laughs> what does that look like so she says she's shooting for a consistent mileage every week um and and that's you know just to keep her consistent and, and on on point careful in the build-up no no more than 10 percent per week mm-hmm. be careful yep um, let's see, Tara, Tara goes with, I will be doing my first marathon. Yay. That's super that's exciting. That's awesome. So she's running the Philadelphia marathon this year. Congratulations and good luck with the training on that. Tara Mark says he wants no injuries, um, because he is going to be training for the London to Brighton 100 K his first ultra. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's just a mere 62 miles. You'll oh, be totally fine. <laughs> Check out the next one. Oh my word. Cleopas. Cleopas doing comrades under eight hours and 59 minutes. The comrades ultra marathon, 90.2 kilometers. What is that in miles? It's a lot. Well, 100K is like 62 miles, so it's about 55 miles. But the comrades ultra is also argued, very well argued, that it might be the hardest ultra in the world. In the world. In the world. So Is that the one in South Africa? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've so good luck that with one. that one. That one sounds amazing. Yes. Uh, Rebecca says she wants to incorporate more strength training to improve her running. It's a solid win. Also good. Uh, Stephanie, 5K under 30. Awesome. Good luck with that. 
Ariana wants a sub two hour half marathon, which is fantastic. Everybody's got the nice round numbers. Mm-hmm. Sub 30, sub two, it's the nice round numbers. Cause... Well, the thing is, you hit those round numbers. Like, if you haven't hit them yet, they're easy to, to kind of tack onto. And then you hit them, and then you see what else you can do after that. Right, because it's so funny, because we had somebody earlier that was like, I want to break two so that I can then break 155, mm-hmm. so then I can then break my PR of 151 by right. getting to 150. Right. The round numbers, and then it's actually, I can do this whole lot more than just worry about round numbers. I I mean, it's exactly what I just did too. Like I broke, right. you know, my 10K, like I, I wanted to break 50. I broke 50 and I just said I wanted to break 150. Like why? Right. I mean, that's a three minute drop. That's not going to be super easy. No, but it's, it's a nice number. It's easy to wrap your head around. Yeah. That's the thing is it's an easy number to state. Mm-hmm. All right. So Jillian wants to get faster overall and improve as a runner. Uh, Becca, post baby half. Thank All you right. for letting me say that one. Yes, Way to go. and and we we want to know which one you're you're choosing, Becca. So let us know once you choose one. Christina wants to run her second half marathon and not have to stop. So that's awesome. That's perfect. Yep. Um, Isis. Isis is uh, start running as soon as my OB gives me clearance and my body is able to handle it. I miss running. Yeah. <laughs> I says, good luck with the rest of your pregnancy. Just stay strong. You'll be back to running in no time. But she's got a reasonable goal. One half by the end of the year, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah, that, that's great. You know, just listen to your body. That's all I'm saying. All right, how about Candy? Candy, run my first ultra, a 50K trail race. Ooh. That just sounds sounds fun. It does sound fun. I know. I, at some point, I'm going to have to push beyond a marathon. You know it's coming. Oh, I will, too. <laughs> like, I, Well, I don't know about a marathon. I, I'm sure I will at some point too, but I definitely want to get into trail running. Trail running seems really fun. There's just not very much of that down here, unfortunately. Yes. Um, Sally says she wants, she's going to do CIM, my first marathon. Awesome. Good oh, luck that's with a that. fast one to start with. Oh man. If you see, CIM's like all downhill, isn't it? It's the Sacramento one. You got to look up the pictures on YouTube from the finish line from a couple of weeks ago yeah. of the people who were hitting Olympic trial qualifying times and the hugs and tears at the finish line. Oh, it was amazing. That's awesome. I love that. All right. Katie wants her goal is to run two half marathons. Awesome. Excellent. Andrew, my goal is to get back into a normal workout routine. 2019 has kicked my butt. Finishing school, having our second kid, unreasonable hours at work have all contributed to a lack of working out. It's been tough, but I feel that I will find my way back. Totally going to find his way back. Yeah, you're totally going to do it, Andrew. We, we, we have faith in you. You can do it. Um, Brendan said he's got a couple goals to one is to complete his first marathon, the Newcastle in April. Then he wants to beat his 2019 time at the Bay to Bay 12 K and complete the point to point point to peak in Tasmania in the top half. So those are some a goals. And then there's a few other little things I want to do. Love that point to peak in Tasmania sounds intense. Yeah, I think that's a major elevation climb by the sounds of it. Well, I think Tasmania has Kilimanjaro in it. So okay, that could be intense. That should be intense. <laughs> All right, Margie. Margie wants to remain injury free for 365 consecutive days. That's a running streak that I like <laughs> to hear. Right. Well, and the, she said it's, you know, it's not really running related injuries that she's really had either it's just been like random little things that have kind of gotten in her way so that's totally possible you got this and so if she can stay healthy in 2020 then she wants to run the seven mile bridge run in 2021 in under one hour that's awesome that's a fun one we should do that one at some point yeah i think that's a good idea all right stacy uh, my husband and I just made a deal, lose 20 in 2020. Oh, nice. <laughs> when, the, the round numbers again. There you go. When we hit our goal, <laughs> we each get to buy one thing we both want. Ooh. He wants a bandsaw and I want AirPods. Love it. I'll take the AirPods. Jenna Clark <laughs> spells out consistency in a full training cycle. Yeah, the consistency is the key. Yep. That gets you through all the goals. For sure. And Lisa says, run earlier before work and four times a week instead of three. That's nice. Yeah. Keep keep the same mileage when you throw on the extra day because just throwing the fourth day is a big increase in what you're doing, it which is. is nice. Yeah. And you know, you also have to remember if you're throwing in that extra day, then you're that's one day less of recovery time or cross training that you're doing. So your body's going to need to adjust to that too. Yeah, and you just increase by thirty three percent instead of the standard ten. Yeah. You can do it. You can totally do it. Just make sure that you're getting appropriate recovery and rest. Totally. So congratulations to all of you real life runners out there and thank you so much for sharing your goals with the tribe um it is so awesome and we've got some other exciting news for you very exciting news very exciting news so we were looking ahead to 2020 and uh ways that we can continue to serve our tribe in the best way possible so we are starting a five-day running challenge 
on January 6th. It's the vision for 2020. What I just wanted to say the, that. The vision for 2020? Because it's 2020? Yeah. Like 2020 vision? Yeah. See how I did that? I do. But like the vision, <laughs> vision 2020 used to be like a thing that the APTA had that they like had and it was supposed to be this big thing and then they just like dropped it oh uh, no we're not dropping this one no we're not dropping no this it. is the running challenge we've got we've got major visions for 2020 and how we're going to serve you guys there is going to be some awesome things this year we're going to be uh, continuing to keep up with the podcast we are going to be adding some new podcast episodes where we are interviewing real life runners just like you so that you guys can gain inspiration um from each other and from other people's stories which we just love that. yeah that's a very exciting addition to yep. the podcast yep so we've got that coming along we have our real life runners training academy that we're going to be launching a couple times this year if you're looking for help with coaching and training and all of that stuff but to start out the year right we have developed a free five-day challenge for you to help improve your running and through this five-day challenge we are going to help you master the five critical ingredients that every runner needs to really turn into what we like to refer to as a real life runner which is that confident you know happy someone that can integrate running into their real life in a very seamless way right it's it's the ability to to know what that goal should be and to know what sort of plan you want to be able to get there it's the confidence when you toe the line it's the consistency that you're going to head out and and go for the run that day or get in the strength routine Mm -hmm. or that you're going to take the rest day and that it's not going to just completely derail you for the next month and a half right 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 like if you've ever stood on the starting line of a race and you felt like nervous and just questioning like everything you want to do like it's not or everything that you've done up until that point like it's not a good feeling to have like we want you guys to be able to stand on the starting line and ready for a race and just feel confident and be like all right let's do this thing you know yeah, and, and like cross finish line high-fiving people heck yeah because you, you know that your training for that race has been exactly what it needed to be and so that's what we want to help you with with this free five-day challenge so if you'd like to sign up we we really hope that you can that you will um you can go to five day running challenge.com and just enter your email address and you'll be signed up um, for and we start on January 6th January 6th yeah so please join us for the free five-day challenge it's going to be a lot of fun you're going to get a lot of really great information we've got some really great content that we're going to give to you guys during that challenge and we're going to also be interacting more you know going live and having some good stuff so that we can be there to answer your questions and help you out with whatever phase of your running you're in like this running challenge is for you regardless of what phase of your running that you're currently in yeah it takes you from literally any place that you are currently at towards whatever goal it is and it helps you figure out what that goal needs to be exactly because the main goal of this five-day challenge is a lot like knowledge of course and then clarity like clarity over what you really need in order to succeed as a runner and a, a clear goal like confidence and clarity to, to so that you know exactly what you need to do yeah that's it all right so if you head over to five day running challenge.com you can sign up for that free thing starting on january 6th tell your friends tell your friends yeah bring them more bring them everybody along okay so that's what we have for you guys today again Thank you so much for joining us. I know this episode is a little long, but we thank you for sticking with us to the end. And hopefully you heard your name. And if you haven't, jump into the Facebook tribe and, you know, interact some more. Put up some posts. Tell us about your runs, your races. Share with us. Um, And then don't forget to go to 5dayrunningchallenge.com and sign up for our free challenge starting on January 6th. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 120. Now go out there and run your life.